Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. On that strange COVID-hit inauguration day back in January, when Lady Gaga sang and Amanda Gorman read her poem... President Biden promised a big and bold program for America. We'll press forward with speed and urgency, for we have much to do in this winter of peril and significant possibilities. He said it, and he started to try and do it. With a massive COVID relief package already being delivered and an even bigger infrastructure bill in the works, Biden has consciously sought to emulate one of his most illustrious predecessors, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the big-spending, reforming Democratic president whose New Deal helped rescue America from the Great Depression. Joe Biden, the guy who's tried longer than anybody else in American history to become American president, finally realising what it means to be president, discovering that inside him there is actually a bit of a radical. The 78-year-old dubbed Sleepy Joe by Donald Trump, written off as senile back last year when he trailed in the primaries, seems determined to show that he's Speedy Joe, an old man in a hurry. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm David Aronovich. Today, Joe Biden's grand plans. The new Roosevelt... Last week, a hundred days after he took office, President Biden addressed a joint session of Congress. Well, it's time to remember that we, the people, are the government. You and I. Not some force in a distant capital. Not some powerful force that we have no control over. It's us. It's we, the people. In another era, when our democracy was tested, Franklin Roosevelt reminded us, in America, we do our part. Franklin D. Roosevelt is a recurring character in Biden's speeches. A three-quarter length FDR hangs over the fireplace in the Oval Office, looking at Joe Biden whenever he lifts his eyes from the resolute desk. But to understand just what it means that the 32nd president, who took power during the Great Depression in 1933, so influences the 46th, we have to get inside one of the biggest existential disagreements in US politics over the role of government in people's lives. FDR 
made a strong claim that central federal government is highly beneficial and can work very well for the American public. That's David Charter, the US editor for The Times in Washington, D.C. That sort of set up the some of the main political battles of the last century with Democratic presidents seeking to use the power of big government in some ways up until Lyndon Johnson and his great society vision. The great society rests on abundance and liberty for all. It demands an end to poverty and racial injustice, to which we're totally committed in our time. Through to presidents in the 80s and 90s who really fell out of love with big governments. People were disenchanted with paying higher taxes. The Ronald Reagan came in on an absolute landslide to, to cut taxes and to take government out of people's lives. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And the three previous Democratic presidents really felt boxed in, if you like, by a bit of a backlash to the liberalism and big spending that climaxed really under Lyndon Johnston. So Jimmy Carter said... Government cannot solve our problems. It can't set our goals. It cannot define our vision. Clinton said that the era of big government is over in 1996. We know and we have worked to give the American people a smaller, less bureaucratic government in Washington. And we have to give the American people one that lives within its means. Barack Obama in 2013 said, Nothing I'm proposing tonight should increase our deficit by a single dime. It is not a bigger government we need, but a smarter government that sets priorities and invests in broad-based growth. So that's where we get up to with Biden really seeking to reinvent the wheel by very consciously referring to FDR quite a lot during his speeches in the campaign. That FDR mentality of big, capacious government with lots of intervention has been a cornerstone of Biden's first hundred days. Before he was elected to office at the tail end of the presidential campaign last October, Joe Biden gave a speech in Warm Springs, Georgia, a small spa town in eastern Georgia tied closely to Roosevelt to outline his vision for America. I want to talk about how we're going to heal our nation. Over these past few months, there's been so much pain and so much suffering and so much loss in America. And he consciously chose Warm Springs in Georgia because it was known as the Winter White House under FDR, under Franklin Roosevelt, the president who he really consciously, I think, wants to emulate in terms of his place in history, if not the grand scale of all of his achievements. It's a spa town, it's a place where Roosevelt would go to escape the humidity or the cold of Washington to the warm springs of the town's title. Roosevelt suffered from polio and uh, used a wheelchair, but was was really a man who was in pain a lot throughout his life and needed to convalesce. And that's where he would go. And in fact, that's where he eventually died in 1945. Now, how large does FDR, Roosevelt, loom in, if you like, the kind of 
what the iconography of American Democrats. So FDR is really the iconic Democratic uh, president because he's revered for turning the country around uh, after the Great Depression. But the way he did it, perhaps the closest to socialism that America has come. Security and prosperity can be established for all. Among these are the right to a useful and remunerative job with the creation of systems of social support for the unemployed, for the elderly. The right of every family to a decent home, the right to adequate medical care, and the opportunity to achieve and enjoy good health. The first safety net provision that was really enshrined in law in America was part of Roosevelt's program to, to, to revive the economy, but to make also to make capitalism work for America. He saved the banks. The country was dying by inches. It was dying because trade and commerce had declined to dangerously low levels. Prices for basic commodities were such as to destroy the value of the assets of national institutions. The banks were in crisis. Many of them were closing down. People were hoarding money at home when he came in. Uh, and he also restored a belief in government, which is uh, crucial to Democrat thinking in 2021, that government is a positive force. If you let us make laws uh, at the federal level, these laws will benefit all Americans and uh, help create jobs and, and provide for a, a wealthier society. So he was the most socialist president who saved capitalism. 75 years after Roosevelt died, still in office in Warm Springs, Biden addressed supporters in Georgia, a battleground state in the presidential election, calling on them to recall the values of the great man. FDR came looking for a cure. But it was the lessons he learned here that he used to lift a nation. He was very consciously using Warm Springs as a springboard, if you like, for unity and unity through jobs. This place represented a way forward, a way of restoration, of resilience, of healing. In the years that followed, FDR would come back to Warm Springs often. And jobs, of course, was the bottom line for Roosevelt as well. It was a depression. Let's just say there were millions out of work and Roosevelt had work creation schemes to get American men mostly back to work in the 1930s because the situation was so desperate. And I know we can unite and heal this nation. Warm Springs is a good place to talk about hope and healing. And this is a thread that Biden ran through his Warm Springs speech, that he could mend a broken America, but this was going to be Biden's core focus on reunifying the American political system, if possible. So now it's been 100 days since Joe Biden took office. So let's talk about what his priorities have been and what he has actually begun the process of doing. I suppose we should start off with the pandemic and the economy. So the Warm Springs speech included and spelled out his four priorities, which, as you say, include the pandemic, primarily the most urgent thing to address, but flowing from that also the economy. Then there was racial injustice 
and climate change. So these were the four cornerstones that Biden wanted to make of his presidency. So these are the pandemic, the economy, climate and racial justice. Some of these are more approachable via direct measures than others. What's he actually done? So he brought forward an an immediate stimulus slash relief package for the pandemic amounting to $1.9 trillion worth of measures. For the first time in a long time, this bill puts working people in this nation first. It's not hyperbole, it's a fact. It grew out of a package that was proposed by Democrats in Congress uh, in the dying days of the Trump presidency, but which met a brick wall in the Senate under Republican control. And it included many measures to boost finances for struggling businesses and out-of-work former employees, as well as direct payments to the vast majority of American households. And it was met with opposition from the Republicans who had initially seemed likely to support some sort of stimulus measure for the economy, but it was forced through almost entirely on the votes of Democrats using a special budget mechanism to get around blocking measures in the Senate. And the theory was, we've all heard it, and especially the last 15 years, the theory was cut taxes and those at the top and the benefits they get will trickle down to everyone. Well, you saw what trickle-down does. We've known it for a long time, but this is the first time we've been able to, since the Johnson administration, and maybe even before that, to begin to change the paradigm. We've seen time and time again that that trickle-down does not work. That one passed and is now going forward. That's passed into law in March and Biden made his first national address to the country on the evening it was passed to make his case again that he was trying to promote national unity and healing, but he was beginning now to get the message in Washington that it wasn't warm springs, it was pretty cold winter still in Washington, and he was going to have to appeal for his unity message to above the Republicans on the Hill to those perhaps running as governors and running cities as mayors who wanted this package, and many of them openly supported this package. And also opinion polls of the public showed a good solid support, much more than uh, he got from Republicans in, in Washington. Have the beneficiaries of this relief package already started receiving their benefits from it? Oh, yes. The direct checks were rather efficiently sent out by the Treasury in the following uh, couple of weeks to pretty much all the individual recipients. And people who were made unemployed during the pandemic continued to receive top-up payments to their unemployment benefits. And families near the breadline received extra child tax credits that was extended for a year. A lot of Democrats want that to be made a permanent measure going forward, which would, would be an extension of the welfare state in America. It's not a plan that tinkers around the edges. It's a once-in-a-generation investment in America. Now, the other thing that he's gone very, very big on is an infrastructure plan. Can you tell us a bit about what its objectives are and what he's, what he's going to do with it? So this is the American Jobs Plan, and this is a $2.3 trillion proposal. So if it was passed, would be the most expensive single piece of legislation ever passed in America. And it's a plan which seeks to transform 
much of America's infrastructure, as the name suggests, but really a whole culture based on fossil fuels, because in amongst the high spending targeted at growing and improving the rail network or investing in businesses in poorer communities, there's a green thread that runs through it that at every stage seeks to transform America into a carbon neutral economy. So there's there's huge amounts of money for retrofitting buildings, for example, to limit emissions. And there's money for addressing the legacy of fossil fuels, such as capping off mines and wells that are that continue to be dangerous or polluting. It, it's really not just looking at uh, getting Americans back to work, because the promise is that millions of extra jobs will be created in this uh, green revolution. But it's very much looking to transform America into a much greener economy as well. So it's an infrastructural transformation is what they're aiming at. There's also a promise to deal with what they call human infrastructure. What's that? Right, so this is coming in a separate piece of legislation called the American Families Plan. This is another 1.5 trillion, which really broadens the definition of infrastructure away from the rebuilding of roads and bridges and railway lines. This is focusing on expanding education opportunities uh, and is also going to throw money at expanding childcare and elder care and paid leave. And this is what Biden refers to as human infrastructure. The Republicans say this is an abuse of their willingness to cooperate on traditional infrastructure and it's an expansion of the welfare states by another name which they are determined to resist. In a moment we'll hear about why after a career of apparent moderation in everything Joe Biden embraced his inner radical. Get to the heart of the stories that matter every day with the Times and the Sunday Times. Subscribe today and enjoy one month free. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash Stories of our times. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, you described earlier how 
FDR had created these very significant programs. But that partly as a reaction to that period, you then had Reagan and to a certain extent succeeding Democrats who'd been embarrassed by the idea of being linked with an overmighty state. One obvious question is, where was Joe Biden during all that rowing back? In other words, is this Joe Biden as he has always wanted to be, or is this Joe Biden having changed his mind? I think the answer is that this is Joe Biden, the guy who's tried longer than anybody else in American history to become American president, finally realising what it means to be president. And here we have another echo of, I think, of both Roosevelt and Johnson, discovering that inside him, there is actually a bit of a radical who wants to really make his mark. And to do that, you need to go big. And throughout his career, he's been a consensus builder as a senator, a very long Senate career, of course, where he did have some legislative achievements that were made sometimes controversially by getting into bed with his complete ideological opposites. For example, in the Violence Against Women Act to bring some conservatives on board to get that through. And of course, the very controversial Crime Act was a big compromise of 1994, which he gets a lot of stick for, was a big compromise with Republicans because it stiffened sentences in in return for some other benefits that, that the Democrats wanted. But now he finds that in order to govern as a Democratic president in this age, in the very polarised age, he must, as an absolute imperative, keep his Democratic coalition together, which means the left-wing of the party, which is very powerful ever since Bernie Sanders galvanised it and made it a, a real force at the ballot box. And he's worked very closely with Bernie Sanders to bring about this programme. Now, I seem to recall, because I'm ancient, David, that back in the late 80s, you would have Joe Biden warning, and I think the quote was, welfare mothers driving luxury cars. He was always seen as on the moderate to right of the Democratic Party and going back throughout his whole career. He is and he has been quite a conservative with a small C throughout his, his life. I mean, for example, he's, he's always loved his convertible Corvette car that, he's, that his dad gave him. His dad was a car dealer. And yet here he is proposing the most extensive greening of the auto industry as well as the country that's that's ever been proposed by an, an American leader and looking forward to the full electrification by GM of the Corvette range. <laughs> so there has been a movement and a transformation. And I think what it is fundamentally is that Biden wants his presidency to be impactful and to be remembered as a great president who at least tried to do big things and transform America. And the obvious reason why you might not be able to do big things in transforming America is because of the rest of the American political system. Now, Donald Trump enjoyed, I think you call the trifecta for two years. He had a majority in the House, he had a majority in the Senate, like Roosevelt had had, and some people would argue a conservative majority on the Supreme Court. Did he manage to get a lot done in that two years? Trump's relationship with Congress collapsed and died really after the midterms. There just wasn't any chance uh, of getting anything substantial through. Obviously, Biden's seen that, but moreover, he's been schooled and bruised by the Obama years, where Obama, of course, had eight years as president, but only two years 
where the Democrats had control of Congress and which they could easily pass measures which they made use of to pass the Obamacare health reforms. But not a great deal else that was really substantial. And of course, Biden's learned that you've got to get a move on while you can, because American history tells you that the midterms often go against the sitting president's party. They're very likely to lose control of one, if not both houses, in the next midterms, the end of 2022. So he's got less than two years to to crack on with what he wants to achieve and, and cement as his legacy in law. Because again, we've seen, and he's learned from the Trump presidency, that what you resort to when you can't get stuff on the statute book through Congress is that you make executive orders to the best of your ability. But this can be instantly reversed as Biden did reversing dozens of Trump's executive action in his own first 100 days. Joe Biden's Democrats currently have a nine-seat majority in the House of Representatives, and it's a 50-50 split in the Senate, with VP Kamala Harris breaking the tie. If one senator goes the wrong way, that's curtains for his legislation. FDR had no such problem. In 1933... When FDR came in, there was also a thumping big Democratic majority that could help him pass all his laws for the New Deal. There were 48 states and the Senate went 58 to 36 for the Democrats and the House went 311 to 117. So huge majorities. So if you want something to stick, you have to get it to pass through the through the houses and the problem is that your position is very precarious until the midterms when it may disappear altogether. So you're both A, in a hurry, but B, you can't rely upon the other side to help you. Does that mean that in that what Biden has had to do instead, uh, because the Republicans won't under any circumstances support him, it seems, is actually turn to the left of his party and make sure that he does what they need to do so that unity in the Democrats becomes much more important than bipartisanship? So Biden talked up a lot of trying to revive bipartisanship and trying to return to the good old days that he knew from the Senate of working together for the benefit of the country. What he's found is is a world that's transformed both by the Tea Party clashes with Obama and by the Trump years and the uh, inability of, of Trump and Pelosi to do anything together. And then, of course, the the two impeachments that really set members of Congress of different parties in, against each other and put them in their trenches. It's just very hard to achieve any compromise if you want to be bold. And by bold, that really means enacting what your base really wants to see happening. And you're right that Biden has come down on the side of keeping his party together. So the paradox is that Republican intransigence has made him more Rooseveltian. That's absolutely right. I think it's a good uh, way of looking at it. But the, the, it works the other way, that trying to be a bold president and transforming America in the way that Democrats would like to see it transformed, to be greener, they would say fairer to, to the poorer in society, is, is again, it meets little support from a Republican Party very aware that their own base has been riled up during the campaign and for many years, of course, by Trump to reject this so-called socialism uh, in America as a, the slippery slope to Venezuelan collapse. In your view, will he stand again for a second term? 
Well, I'm pretty sure that he probably won't. He has to say, of course, that he will, because he risks becoming a total lame duck president. But my strong feeling is that Biden, part of the reason that we've seen this hurry and this urgency and this desire to go big, be bold and make his mark and secure his legacy is because in his heart he knows he's a one-term president simply because of his age. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, David Aronovich, and my guest, US editor for The Times, David Charter. You can read more of David's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producer was Asia Fuchs, the executive producer is Poppy Damon, and sound design was by Andrew Smiley. Look, if you have a story you think we should be covering, possibly an idea for a future episode, or just thoughts on what you've heard, you can send us an email by writing to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. See you next time. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.